Hello, Internet. The Morgan You Know Podcast Network presents Balls and Brew. Welcome to the end of the NFL season slash beginning of the best season playoffs here on the flagship sports podcast on the Morgan You Know Podcasting Network. I am Rod Morgan. I will be your host. With me are my gentlemen who I love to talk football with. We have our football handicapper Josh Williams who finishes the year with a record of 31 21 and 2 60 percent Mr. Williams are you proud of yourself what's up boys yeah had a good year and uh looking to uh, continue that in the playoffs hopefully uh make uh makes a little bit of money for some people here listening there we go that is always the aim here this podcast is expertly produced by Jimmy Jamriska Jimmy is here with us Jimmy hello it's wild card weekend, Rod. Let's go. Let's get wild, so to speak. And if we're getting wild, there's only one man who can do it with us. The old man from North Carolina, Chris King. Chris, hello. Who day? That's right, your boys. You've been on the Bengals train for a while, and they look like one of the hotter teams. We They we look like the hottest them. team in the AFC right now. It looks like the Ravens are just folding over. Let's go. The Ravens, yeah, don't listen. Don't bring up the Ravens to me. You know I have a ticket on the Ravens that I was really hoping to cash, and that's not going to happen. Here's what we plan to do on this week's show. We are, I think, going to forego fast break for this week. We will see how quickly we get through our NFL talk here, but we want to wrap up the end of the year, week 18. We want to do playoffs, touch on every one of the games, so we'll see how long we run there. We may forego fast break for the week. We're going to have a face and a heel, the final one of the year. We're going to get the final Tom Cruise wrap-up. Chris still knows things. And Williams, I'm told you have two picks for the people. We're doing two actual legit playoff picks, correct? Yep, yep. Could get some good uh, money line value on these picks also. All right, so here's what we will do. We are going to touch on... The biggest celebration slash biggest argument we're going to have is going to be Jimmy's face and heel of the week. So let's save that for a little bit here. Williams, let's touch on that Detroit Green Bay game because there was just there was a lot of emotions going on in that game. And I think America was already pro Dan Campbell, but they might love him a little bit more after that game. What were your thoughts watching that final Sunday night football game? Yeah, that was a great game. Um and I think uh, Detroit got fired up by the Packers uh, after they lost to him the first time. Rodgers said, you can't lose to teams like this. And that was on Detroit's bulletin board the whole time. And even at the end, they uh, <laughs> were interviewing Jamal Williams, and he went straight WWE there where he, like, started crying about his uh, his grandfather. And then, and then he, like, totally turned and said, this is the Detroit Lions you're talking about here. And it was, like, a straight out of WWE uh, – uh, promo there it was awesome but uh yeah dan campbell great game plan and uh i'm so glad that uh that the packers got karma coming right at him and uh, detroit took him out of the playoffs jimmy do we blame the tom cruise game for the rams not beating the seahawks is that is, it, is the tom cruise curse somehow at play here for the fact that the lions didn't get to make the playoffs with that win I really like your uh, strategy on that, your philosophy on that, because it didn't really affect the game in question uh, per se, but it did affect the other one. Yes, I think so for sure. Uh, it's on you once again. I think we really need to discuss the Tom Cruise game of the week moving forward uh, for uh, seasons to come. I'm not going to lie, bud. 
No, listen, you know what, Jimmy? You're absolutely right, and we're just going to get this out of the way up top <laughs> here before we move on to the face and heel of the week, all right? So the Tom Cruise game last week was, of course, the Packers-Lions game. Ended up being a rather exciting game, not as exciting as we wanted it to be. The stakes weren't quite there, all of the above. But the movie we are going to make the Tom Cruise game from last week's grade B is Edge of Tomorrow. And that reason being Tom Cruise gets laid to waste numerous times in that movie. It's the gimmick. He gets to keep restarting. He gains knowledge from past lives. It's sci-fi. That's not important. But it's one of the few movies where Tom Cruise buys it and the Tom Cruise game of the week gimmick needs to go away. It worked for a little while. It was a fun idea. We all know here on the Morganino Podcasting Network how much I love Tom Cruise, but we will not be putting the stink of the Tom Cruise game on any of these playoff games. Chris, what do you think of my decision to uh, put an end to the Tom Cruise gimmick after one year? I, I think that's a that's a good gimmick. I think moving forward, if you want to have a little bit more variety and choices of things, maybe we need to go to a Gene Hackman game of the week movie. Nice. <laughs> I mean, there's plenty of choices with Gene Hackman. And you've already mentioned that on this podcast that he is sometimes a sexy beast. He most oh my goodness. Come on. You give me firm Gene Hackman. We are talking about some things there. All right, let's move on to the other, I think, game that had the biggest seismic waves not involving the playoffs. And that is, of course, the Indianapolis Colts locking horns with those fiendy Houston Texans who they could not even beat this year at the beginning of the year. They locked horns again. And Jimmy, tell us what we got coming out of that game. Well, we got our face and our heel of the week in Lovey Smith, who you're going to fire me. Watch what I'm going to do to you, Houston Texans. And I was uh, I was uh, uh, happy and enjoyable enough to be at that game, and it was amazing. The Colts fans knew they were going to blow it. Everything was going our way, and then all of a sudden, the Texans Texans and the Colts Colted. Uh, he's our face and our heel of the week because as a Bears fan, Lovey Smith giving back to the Bears, one of the best coaches we've had. Let's go, Bears. Number one pick. Gotta love it. And listen, let's not just act like Bears fans were happy about this. There's a section of smart Colt fans out here that were absolutely ecstatic, like I Stop was, it. that Lovey went and came back Stop and won it. that game. We got a of top course. five pick now, Chris. We were picking at four. We were picking at four because I think the tank was on. You can't doesn't, convince me doesn't that, that defensive back make that terrible jump not knowing that the Colts could lose that game if he mistimes his jump. I think the tank was on. Saturday did his job. He got everybody off the scent with that fraudulent win over the Raiders who clearly had a bunch of trouble going on with their team, and then he lost every game from then on out, and he made it interesting, and he made it be all about him, and the scent was off the Colts for the tank, and we got a number four pick. I couldn't be more ecstatic. Chris, your response? sad that you call yourself a Colts fan when you're actively rooting for them to lose. A uh, number four pick doesn't help this team. A number five pick doesn't help this team. Uh, winning culture helps this team. Uh, getting the right personnel and, and, and the right spots. Getting a competent quarterback helps this team. And that We're not going to find that in a fourth pick over a fifth pick. It doesn't, it doesn't help. It's, it's, it was a sad season as a Colts fan. Chris, I will agree with you in principle that I certainly don't want to start the year actively rooting against the Colts, but once I smell a whiff of a loser and then the Colts make it clear that they are not going to turn the season around, because Mr. Williams, we got to give him credit for trying to keep me propped up and on that Colts bandwagon for as many weeks as he could. 
But I sniffed out this loser from the start. They left me no choice. So I believe I did the best of what was handed to me. Mr. Williams, your thoughts when your Chicago Bears secured the number one pick? Well, I mean, I couldn't believe it. Um, I just uh, – <laughs> the Texans, like, they can't <laughs> – they can't win that game. Like, there has to be a meeting with the front office. Uh, and even if uh, they're not on the same page, then just fire Levy before the game if you think he's going to try and win the game. And then just bring in the uh, intramural coach or intermediate coach and, and have have him lose the game uh, and make it known that, they, that you have to lose the game there. But uh, the Texans' uh, miscommunication is going to be uh, uh, beneficial to the Bears because uh, now the Bears have the first pick, I think, uh, since like 1937 or something like that. So, uh, yeah, wild times, wild times in uh, the NFL. Jimmy, can I uh, can I do a uh, a rod offers up a heel of the week? Will you allow me that here, real quick? Uh, sure, Rod, go ahead. It is your show. I would love to hear a heel of the week. All right, I'm going to give heel of the week to the Houston Texans. Okay, we hear an awful lot about the Rooney Rule. We hear an awful lot about the mm-hmm. NFL not hiring enough minority coaches. Brian Flores is currently involved in a legal lawsuit against the league. saying just that and here are the houston texans two straight years firing minority coaches after one and done seasons two straight years not a good look out of the houston texans i'm gonna make them a heel if you don't mind jim that's good call and i don't understand especially with lovey smith he's a really good coach and if you look at his record with the bears and look at everyone after him uh he's the best coach the bears have had in the past uh, couple decades here so it's just that whole organization just seems in disarray to me, which is why, of course, they would win games they shouldn't win. Uh, and, you know, kind of going off Chris a little bit, there's got to be a time when the best thing for you to do is to get that number one pick. Because now if you think about it, they went from guaranteeing themselves any quarterback they wanted in the draft to if they want a quarterback, if they want the number one pick, if they want that quarterback, they have to give up a ton of, to get him and they can't afford to do that yeah i was gonna say i wonder how much draft capital they even have because they used to be all about trading picks in the bill o'brien era to try to save that team so who knows how much draft capital they're actually sitting on let's move on from week 18 and go on to some teams that we still might have some questions hold, about hold, but hold on a second rod hold okay, on a second ahead, rod because there's ahead. something i know and we, we since we broached the subject about the bears getting that number one pick and oh and, that's right i forgot Houston, all about this take Houston needing the, uh, a quarterback and all these teams out there needing quarterbacks and and all you Bear fans thinking, great, we have this number one pick. We don't need a quarterback. We got our quarterback of the future. We can get rid of this draft pick for draft capital. Let me tell you something, Bears fans. You guys need a whole lot more than whatever the first pick is going to get you and in, in other draft capital or players. You guys not only need to trade away the number one pick and get what you can for it, which may not be much because there's not that great college player that's everybody is clamoring to get. You also need to go ahead and trade Justin Fields and then get whatever quarterback you want out of the draft and and then sign another journeyman to back him up or, or start the season out. Get him on another rookie contract that's early. You get additional uh, draft picks or players. You can rebuild this team from the inside out, create a better defensive line, get a much better offensive line, 
and then it doesn't matter as much who the quarterback is. You get a younger quarterback on a cheaper contract. You get as much as Fields has has progressed this year. His draft, his trade value probably isn't going to be any higher until he proves more because he still has two years left on his rookie contract. Trade the pick, trade Justin Fields, rebuild that team from the inside out. How does the guy who's going to get picked number one overall make less money than a guy who got picked, what did I believe it was, 10th? How exactly does that math work? So are you basically just saying cheaper for longer because of the fact that Fields is going to want money? I'm just trying to get a little bit more of your of your reasoning out here, Chris, before well, Chris, before Williams and Jimmy just absolutely. So, so Fields has two years left on his rookie deal, I believe, and then he's going to need another contract, and that's going to be a big money contract especially if the, he turns out to be what they want him to be, the franchise quarterback. But if you trade him away, get additional compensation either in picks or players to help your team now and build, then you can get another rookie quarterback in the draft in the first round. And a lower draft pick is going to get less money, but he's going to have four to five years of that deal, that rookie deal, instead of the truncated deal left on fields. So what you're saying, well, I'm sorry, again, and then Jimmy, I'll allow you and Williams to go because you guys are Bear fans. But I'm, So you're saying the Bears need to trade the number one pick and Justin Fields. You want them to bring in assets for both a trade involving the number one pick and Justin Fields? Yes. That's, that's going to get them the most. Ludicrous. That is, is the getting them the most bang for their buck. Made. This is that, the craziest take you've ever made. I'm going to allow the Bear fans to just go at you. I don't. That is that just much. like, that's just like Jimmy Johnson made. training Herschel Walker. Okay, so, all right, wow, a lot of things here. Um, yeah, Chris, so to build a team, uh, the most important position on any football team is the quarterback. And as a Bears fan, see, you're a Cowboys fan, Chris. You have had uh, Troy Aikman, Tony Romo, and um, Dak Prescott. Do you know how many years of my life I would take off to have Dak Prescott as my quarterback right now? Okay, for the last few years, we have Justin Fields, who is a star in the making. Is he perfect? No, but guess what? Guess what? He's still the third best quarterback the Bears fed since 1985. All right? <laughs> he is a building block. And you know what else helps? Trading it down from number one to number four to get another four draft picks. That will help build that defensive line. That will help build that offensive line. Oh, yeah, and the Bears have the highest salary cap uh, space in the league. That will help build the defense and the offensive line. You trade the number one pick down to number two, let's say. Then you trade two down to four. Well, guess what? All the top quarterbacks are now gone because you've traded the teams that need quarterbacks. And then you trade Justin Fields. So who are we going to end up with? Derek Carr? Ooh. Oh, how about Minshew Mania? Bring Minshew in because those you stop. You stop that right now. You're not bringing Minshew Mania. Stop. Listen, it. listen. You're crazy. You you just mentioned these Cowboys quarterbacks since yes. Aikman. So wait, yes. since Aikman, none of those Cowboys quarterbacks have taken getting us to the Super Bowl. The Bears have gotten to the Super Bowl with Rex Grossman as their quarterback, showing you don't need a great quarterback to get to the Super Bowl and win it. You need solid. Offense, defensive line, a big, tough defense, and then a good ground game, run game, and you can get to the Super Bowl and win it. You've seen team, you've seen players like Trent Dilfer, Brad Johnson win the Super Bowl 
You don't okay, need there's that. Been, there's great been a few more than two Super Bowls. Yeah. Hey, Williams, I'm looking through my notes here. That defense that the Bears had when they went to the Super Bowl was that the the second or third best defense of all time? I I, I can't find it in there, which is probably why they went to the Super Bowl, right? Williams, please defend me on this. And if you don't, the podcast is done. Just so you know. Well, I, I think the Colts have kind of tipped their hand here with uh, the press conferences, with uh, Jim Irsay possibly bringing Saturday back. If they bring Saturday back, I definitely want the Bears to trade with the Colts, and I want them to trade for next year's number one pick, amongst other picks. You know, we'll probably get a second or a third, and we'll swap the one and the four. Um, and and with what Ballard said in the press conference this week, like he will do anything, you know, to get the Colts, uh, you know, their their franchise quarterback like the bears don't have to do anything the bears don't have to say a word for the next three months they need to be patient and houston or indy can probably come with all these picks and the reason i'm uh interested in next year's number one pick say the colts take bryce young or whatever and they stink and and they have they have the number one pick next year you give another year to justin fields to see if he can make it or not I mean, I, I think that we, I think we know that he's a really good player, but he's also very injury prone and is uh, taking way too many hits. So let's just say he has a down year next year. That staff, that GM, did not draft Justin Fields. So what you can do if you're lucky enough to get the number one pick from maybe the Colts next year is take Caleb Williams from Southern Cal, and then you have you build that team around him and you're on a rookie contract with Caleb Williams for five years while you have all that free agency money and you're building the team up with him. Now, if Fields has an, you lose, you you lose, you lose what value you have with Justin Fields. Now though, his value is going to be the highest. It is. If, if he falters next year, you're not getting anything for Maybe, him. but you're still, you're still swapping the pick and you're still, you still have a really good chance to get a top five pick next year. And, Chris, there's like 24 teams that would die to have Justin Fields, even if he has a down year next year. So uh, in in a bubble, I agree with you, but like there's so many quarterback needy teams that um, I think they can still trade Fields if he has a down year next year and still get you know good value for him. And as long as we get like a wide receiver, offensive tackle, and edge rusher in any order uh, this year, I'll be happy. So uh, yeah, we'll see. We'll see what they do. A lot of lot of uh, lot of possibilities for the Bears. Wow. Wow. So you you didn't immediately shoot Chris down on his idea to trade Justin Fields and you sort of made Kalen Williams the quarterback of the Bears already a year from now. I mean, this is craziness. This is craziness to me, Jimmy. I think Justin Fields is a good player. To me, the Bears are the best looking football team to have the number one pick that I can remember in years. Of course, I'm talking about just the eye test here and not their real record, clearly, but they were in a bunch of games. I liked a lot of what I saw out of the Bears and Fields. This is crazy talk to me. Yeah, their offense did a, a really good job for a few games there, and uh, it goes their way. But. <laughs> You're really stretching for for positives. We had a good offense for a few games. <laughs> All right, we have spent entirely too much time talking about the Bears and the the following season, not even next season, the following season after that. The playoffs are here. We mentioned that at the top of the show. Let's get into the playoffs. And Chris, you know what? We're going to see if you can redeem yourself right now because I know you have a take that's overall just playoff strategy. Give it to us. Listen, this is the NFL, and, and playoff time is a new season, 
and it's not for the weak and it's not for the timid. You win playoff games and championships in the trenches. You have to run the ball and then be able to stop the run and you can win playoff games. And more than likely you will win playoff games consistently. If you can consistently run the ball, you keep defenses on their toes. That opens up play action. And really, guys, I'm going to be a bit of a homer. This is really because of Dallas playing Tampa Bay this week. If Dallas wants to win, they have to run the ball and then stop any type of Tampa run offense and just just stop that cold, make Brady throw it 50, 60 times. Chances are the Cowboys are going to win, especially if they get 100, 150 plus yards from Pollard and Zeke. But playoff football is one in the trenches that's running the football and stopping the run with good, solid defense. All right, you guys heard Chris give you a take a few minutes before that about trading uh, away Justin Fields, so you decide for yourself if you want to take uh, Chris's advice there on uh, either of those takes. We'll see if Mr. Williams uses any of uh, those playoff bedrocks that Chris just spoke about when he talks about these games, but I say we just go in chronological order. So the first game that will be played on Saturday, Mr. Williams, give us your thoughts on that. Yeah, just a quick note here. This is the fifth time since 1970 where all the games this wildcard weekend are rematches. That's the first time since 09 that that's happened. Uh, That's kind of an interesting stat here. But, yeah, San Fran, they've allowed a league low 1.42 points per drive, while Seattle has allowed 2.05 points per drive. That's 26th in the league. You know, opponents have scored – on over 25% of their drives against the Niners. That's the lowest rate in the league, while Seattle has allowed opponents to reach the end zone on over 23% of their drives. That's 27th in the league. In their two games against the Niners, Seattle scored just one offensive touchdown on 20 possessions. And in those games, Seattle went three and out on 35% of their drives, while San Fran was at 13.6. I just don't really see that much changing uh, in this, in this game here. And, uh, this is kind of an interesting stat. The last 20 years in the wild card round, teams that are favored by nine and a half points are 12 and 0 against the spread. That's pretty impressive because it's really tough to, uh, you know, cover those big spreads. And I got one little prop here in this game. Um, Seattle's given up 69 yards per game to opposing tight ends, and in his last five games, Kittle is averaging six and a half targets per game. In his last four games. He's averaging, or he's scored seven touchdowns. His receiving prop uh, is only 44 and a half versus Seattle on Sunday. He's averaged 59 yards per game since Brock Purdy took over. You can tell that Purdy's really looking for him. And so I uh, kind of like uh, Kittle over 44 and a half receiving yards in this game on Saturday. Is that one of your official picks, or is that just a, a little teaser, a little nugget, a little extra? Sure, we can go. We can go prop on on that one. I don't. Uh, I don't have much on on a few other games, but then I I do have picks on uh, a couple other games. So yeah, we can go. We can go on that. All right. on that one. I uh, I think it's a great thing for the Seattle uh, Seahawks to be in the playoffs. I think it's a cool story for Geno Smith, but uh, I don't think it goes much further than this. So uh, I'm gonna pick the uh, 49ers in this game. Jimmy, what are your thoughts? Yeah, I agree. I don't really see in, in, unless uh, rock can't uh, handle it um it's gonna be a uh it's gonna be a, a shellacking i think chris you're picking this game oh it's san fran they're the hottest team in, in the playoffs for the nfc right now 
Yeah, I can't believe that Mr. Williams isn't just having a huge gush fest about Kyle Shanahan right now, but I think he's holding his cards close to the vest because he knows that he's going to have a chance to talk about Shanahan some more as these playoffs go on. So just wait for some incredible Kyle Shanahan love coming out of one Josh Williams on future episodes of this podcast. Mr. Williams, you got anything left on that game or do you want to move on to the Saturday nightcap? No, I mean, it's interesting because Shanahan might cost me my uh, coach of the year. I have 30 to 1 on Dayball. And isn't it ironic that he could lose to to Mike or to the Kyle Shanahan? So uh, there's a there's a few other guys in the mix too. But uh, what Shanahan has done uh, with this team uh, with Purdy six and zero is uh, is pretty impressive. It absolutely is. And let's go on to what I am going to call the Hair Bowl. All right, I don't think anybody else is going to call it the Hair Bowl. But uh, Chris, uh, I know you probably aren't as excited about the flowing locks of hair on both quarterbacks in the Saturday nightcap, but I know I am. <laughs> yeah, no, no. I'm not big on on long hair with dudes because I'm jealous. You most certainly are jealous. You know what else I'm jealous of? I noticed today that one Al Michaels is being dusted off and given a one-time use to broadcast this game on Saturday night for NBC. I'm excited about that, but Mr. Williams, he's not going to be in the booth with uh, Chris Collinsworth. He's going to be in there with Tony Dungy. Oh, man. You gotta you gotta get Michaels and, and Collinsworth back. But uh <laughs> yeah, this one's this one's a tough game. Like this is the only game I really don't have uh like a lean towards which side. Um this is an interesting stat though for for Jacksonville. If you're if you're a wild card dog playing a team that missed the playoffs last year, like the Chargers, you're ten and one against the spread in the last eleven. That's ninety one percent. And I think this game is might go over here because the Chargers are dead last in yards allowed on first down runs. They're also dead last on yards allowed on first down passes. And the Chargers have allowed 33 plays of 30 yards or more. This was next to last in the league. And the Chargers run D allowed this to happen 15 times this year. They're allowing three or more yards before contact on 31% of rushes they face. That's the second highest rate in the league. And over the last five games, that rate has been even higher at 33% of the time. Uh, while they allow this, the opponent goes for 15-plus yards on 19% of their carries. That's the seventh-highest rate in the league. This is awesome for Travis Etienne because he goes for over 15 yards on 21% of his carries when given at least three yards before contact, which is the eighth-highest rate in the league. I like another prop here. I like Etienne, longest rush over 17.5 yards. You can find that minus 125 on DK. Um, I also like the over here. The Jags' pass defense is not very good at all. They haven't faced uh, anybody like Herbert all year, and they've been giving it up left and right. So I expect these. I expect this game to have a lot of points and back and forth, probably coming come down to the end. And uh, yeah, whoever whoever loses this game has to shave their head. How about that? Oh, there we go. The hair bowl. That's an old wrestling gimmick there. Chris, I want to ask you this real quick, and then uh, Jimmy and I are going to have a Jaguars love fest. But my question for you, Chris, is do you take the fact that Justin Herbert got this Chargers team to the playoffs as a personal affront to you and you calling him overhyped. <laughs> no, that's that's typical for for me on our podcast. Uh, it happened last year with Luca. I tried to call him out, and then he came out and almost won an MVP. Um, so it, it's it's typical. If I call somebody out, they typically tend to show us that they listen to our podcast and then go out and 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 take it personal that they have to go out and prove me wrong. Uh, that being said, I think I'm going to take the Jags in this game. They run the ball better, and then they stop the run better. I know their pass defense is not great. I think they control the clock, though, and I think 
they win this game. Of course, I don't necessarily care who wins this game, which means it'll probably be exciting too. Look at this, Jimmy. Chris is bringing stealing our Jaguars thunder. You and I have been lead conductors on the Jaguar fan train all year long, and Chris is stealing our glory here. That's fine. He can, yeah, Chris. You know, this is one of those episodes that you and I are just going to go at it. <laughs> First of all, how dare you? <laughs> Why are you the way that you are? The Jaguars have been an amazing squad all year. Never a doubt in anyone's mind that they would make it to the playoffs. Listen, a great story. This is a big game for Trevor Lawrence. Didn't have the best game last week. This one is, is a big one. The Chargers coming in a little hurt still. You never know what's going to happen with them. The Chargers could do what the Chargers do best and lose a game they should win. I love, Rod, I love picking the Jags here. Yeah, I'm picking the Jags here, too. That's why I'm just mad that Chris picked it as well, because I don't know what I feel about Chris's mojo that he's bringing to the Jaguars fan train here. But come on, what's a better story than this? Also, what's a better story? Mr. Williams was spinning things forward with his narratives earlier. Let me spin one for you here. We're talking about Sean Payton and where he wants to go as a head coach. He probably wants to go somewhere with a good quarterback. Justin Herbert is a heck of a good quarterback, but possibly his head coach is not any good. If they get beat by the Jaguars here in embarrassing fashion, even after making the playoffs, we might see him relieved of his duties. So uh, I'm definitely going with the Jaguars. The Trevor Lawrence, Ronnie Sunshine Bass era begins, ladies and gentlemen. Let's go Jags. And then let's go on to Sunday, where we are going to have three games to choose from. Two games on Saturday, three on Sunday, and then one Monday night football game. The game that's leading off Sunday might be a big snoozer, but it involves a team that is uh, at everybody's heart right now, and that's the Buffalo Bills. Williams, what do you got on that game? Yeah, not much. Uh, it, it could be a very emotional game, especially if Hamlin comes out and leads him out on the field. Um, but Miami is just extremely banged up right now. They're down to their third-string uh, uh, quarterback, and with two on the field, Miami has averaged 6.7 yards per play. With Teddy Two Gloves, they've averaged 5.9 yards per play. And then when you go down to Skylar Thompson, they've only averaged 4.5 yards per play. You got Tyreek Hill banged up. You got Mostert banged up. You got Waddle banged up. Uh, you got Taron Armstead not playing. I mean, everything that could go wrong here for Miami is going wrong, and the game hasn't even started yet. Um, but uh, one thing they do have in their corners, Mike McDaniel, he's a great play caller. I'm going to guess that we're going to see all kinds of trickery and uh, kind of bootlegs, kind of could even see the wildcat. We could see some uh, play action. We could see some uh, receivers throwing the ball. I, I can't – I mean, everybody thinks Buffalo's going to win this game by a million, and maybe they do, but I just can't see Miami just going there and just taking their lumps and getting out of there. I, I think McDaniel's going to have a good game plan, or as much as he can. And, uh, I mean, obviously probably, probably Buffalo's going to win this game, but – I just hate laying, you know, like 11 and a half or it's up to like 13 and a half now. And so, uh, yeah, I'll probably, I'll probably parlay uh, Buffalo money line with uh, maybe a, a, a pick c coming up later on. But uh, yeah. What do you guys think about this one? I, uh, Jimmy, I was going to go to you on this because you've known me for quite a while and I've always had one rule that I've held steadfast in my heart. And it is, if you have a guy playing quarterback for your team that has a name that sounds like he's better off in the 1970s ABA and not necessarily an NFL quarterback, I cannot pick your team. So a guy, Skylar Thompson, who sounds like he should be a shooting guard for the Kentucky Colonels, 
is not somebody I'm going to back <laughs> in a playoff game, Jimmy. That's where I was going to go with that as well. Yeah, it's tough. I think this is good for Mike McDaniel, actually, to get in the playoffs for the first time as the head coach, get that feeling, get the what he needs to do as far as the, the week leading up to the playoffs, just kind of get the reps in that way. But this is not going to be pretty. I, listen, it's not going to be a national championship 68-3 to game, but I'm thinking it's going to easily be a double-digit win for your uh, your Buffalo Bills. Chris, what do you got on this game? Yeah, I think I think Miami's one of the two teams on Sunday's uh, schedule that have essentially thrown in the towel. Uh, no expectation on winning, at least. Um, it will be emotional for the Bills. Um, they were my Super Bowl pick to start the year, so I'm picking them here. 13.5 is a lot of points, though, but I'm still picking them to win. I was gonna say I'm not I'm not the handicapper here. I'm not even messing around with 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 uh, the spreads. I'm just picking teams who I think are uh, going to win. The four o'clock game on Sunday is uh, of course no wait no the Tom Brady game is Monday right? It's the Cowboys. The Cowboys are the four o'clock game on Sunday right? No, that's Monday. No, it's a uh, yeah four o'clock game is Giants Vikings. Oh man, that's a, that's a listen. We're excited about that one on this podcast because we love laughing at Kirk Cousins and we love us some Brian Dayball. But I'm not sure how excited America is for that one, Mister Williams. What do you got? I've got a ton for this game, an absolute ton. Uh, I'm taking I'm taking the Giants money line here. And their dogs, they're getting two and a half, but I don't think they need the points. I think they're going to beat Minnesota outright. And here's why. They play a ton of man. Cousins struggles versus man. He's graded out 32nd out of 44 qualifiers versus the Blitz. We know that nobody likes the Blitz more than Wink Martindale and the Giants. They outgained Minnesota 445 to 353 in the first meeting. And remember, Green Bay lost to Minnesota in their first meeting. Then they waxed the Vikings by three touchdowns in their second meeting. Detroit lost a close game versus the Vikes in their first meeting, beat them by double digits in their second meeting. The Giants lose at the clock when it hits zero on a 61-yard field goal in the first meeting against the Vikes. Do we see a pattern here in these second games versus Minnesota? The Giants this year in rematches, 3-0 against the spread. And over the last couple years with Dayball, if you take out the Chiefs games, because, you know, Mahomes is a magician, Dayball is 9-1 against the spread in rematches. That's the sign of a really good coach. He gains information and then configures up a game plan to dissect his opponents. He's two moves ahead of you, essentially, every time. And Danny Dimes' passer rating on the road, here we go, some Danny Dimes' road stats, 10 points higher than at home. His touchdown-to-pick ratio is nearly 3-1 to one on the road compared to only 1.2 at MetLife Stadium. The Vikings are the worst pass D when facing play action. Dayball dials up play action at a 34% clip. That's top five rate in the league. I expect to see uh, Dayball call a ton of early down pass plays. Why? Because the Vikings are dead last defending the pass on early downs. Vikes are also bottom third at defending intermediate to deep throws in addition to that they're great defending running back catches out of the backfield. Bottom eight allowing running back receiving yards and catches. And and on the road, Danny Dimes, 16-5 and five against the spread in his career. Uh, Giants D rested everyone last week. Vikings are without their starting right tackle. They're, they're down to their third string center. Uh, and in the first matchup, Wink Martindale blitzed Cousins 26 times. The times that he played man behind those blitzes, Cousins was atrocious. Success rate of only 25% on those plays. They actually blitzed the new zone behind more uh, behind more in that first meeting. I'm going to guess they didn't. 
I'm going to guess because they didn't have Adoree Jackson healthy, but on those blitzes versus zone, Cousins' success rate went up to 71%. So I'm going to guess they're going to play man behind those blitzes more. So I have a ton more here. Uh, yeah, I, I, I like I like the Giants in this game a lot. Give me Danny Dimes road stats or give me no stats at all. That being said, Jimmy, I'm going the other way here. All right. Everybody and their mother, because everybody asked their mother for their playoff picks because it's big time, right? You want any advantage you can get is picking the Giants to beat the Vikings here. Everybody hates the Vikings. Their DVOA has them as one of the six worst teams in the league. And somehow they're in the playoffs with 12 victories, maybe even 13. I don't know. Kirk Cousins sometimes manages to win games that he's not supposed to win as long as they are not in prime time. This game is not in prime time. I think this is going to be the one playoff game that's going to leave everybody scratching their heads. How in the hell did the Vikings pull this off? Give me the give me the Vikes, Jim, because that being said, my name in this very chat room right now is you like that. Yeah, but it's still Rod. It's it's not prime time, but it's a big game, and I think that I I like the Giants. I think Danny Dimes is a more. Can I say that out loud? Dependable? No, I can't say it out loud. I think the Giants are going to win. Rod, I can see where maybe uh, the running game takes over for the Vikings, but that offensive line is hurting. So I've I've got the Giants in this one. Chris, come on, you with me on the on the Vikings score the upset, even though they're the higher seed. So <laughs> I actually have a couple thoughts. For one, I'm actually surprised that Williams did not mention luck when he was talking about these two teams, considering that of the 22 victories combined between the two teams, 17 of them have been won on one one possession or less scores, one score games. Um, Williams has been talking about how lucky Minnesota's been all year, and he didn't bring it up here because he's picking the Giants. Um, in his defense, he did say he had more stuff. He probably was going to bring that up when we went back to him in his defense. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's probably going to circle back. <laughs> um, <laughs> um, I also, th- I also think, you know, I, I also think Williams wants the Giants to win because he has a has a line on the day ball getting coach of the year. And listen, if the Giants pull out a win, they go then probably to Philadelphia to play. That's a division rival. Uh, anything can happen in a game like that. And if he ends up in the NFC championship game, then he's definitely almost a lock for coach of the year. Um, that being said, who are you picking in this game? Who are you picking? That being said, I'm going with Minnesota skull, baby skull. That's my boy. You love chaos more than anything else. Williams finish up what you got. Yeah, real quick. Since 2003, wild card road dogs of seven or less are 29 and 18 against the spread. That's 62%. And Dayball has won six of 11 straight up as a money line dog. That's over 50% of the time he not only covers, but he wins outright. 53% of the tickets are on the Giants, but they're taking even more money. 91% of the cash is coming in on the G-Men. And remember this, the greatest show on turf, 2001 Rams, we're getting a little special team stats here. Uh, they were the worst special teams unit to ever make it to a Super Bowl. They were 29th in special teams DVOA. The, remember the Packers last year were dead last in special teams. What happened? They lost that playoff game because San Fran blocked the punt, scooped it up, and scored in the end zone. This year, the Vikings are 30th in special teams DVOA. Something to look out for. 
I don't see them blocking a punt and kicking a 61 yard field goal uh, to win this game th- uh, this time around. So uh, I think the luck runs out on the Vikings and the Giants take. Ah, oh, the luck runs out. Look at you circling back like a professional podcaster there. Absolutely love that. We got Mike Tarico and Chris Collinsworth on the call, like we traditionally do on Sunday night for the, the final wrap up on Sunday. What are we, what are we thinking about this game? Yeah, I was going to have this one as an official bet. I, I jumped in on uh, Cincy minus five and a half um, late uh, Sunday night when these first posted, but now the line is all the way up to nine and a half because of the Lamar situation. And then we don't even know if Tyler Huntley's fully uh, 100% or not either. So, um, But the Bengals, man, all they do is cover. They're 20 and four against the spread in their last 24 games. That is ridiculous. Burrow in his career, including playoffs, 31 and 15 against a spread record. That's the best against a spread record for a quarterback since the merger back in 1970. He's 31 and 15. Ravens third worst red zone offense. Bengals tied for ninth in red zone defense. And since week 12, since he is fourth uh, in EPA per rush allowed, DJ Reader, man, he's a run stuffer up the middle. Um, this team continues to get disrespected. I think it's because Mahomes and Allen get all the praise. Uh, and they're fantastic quarterbacks, but just for some reason, since he just is is the third is the third uh, team in this in this uh, AFC for some reason everybody everybody just forgets about. But honestly, uh, if Buffalo and KC match up in the AFC Championship game, that that game is being played at a neutral site. I think that the NFL really screwed Cincinnati here because I think I think this di- uh, this divisional game next week, if Cincinnati and Buffalo both win, I think that game should be on a neutral site. Uh, I, I believe that Cincinnati was on their way to beating Buffalo in that uh, DeMar Hamlin game. Uh, and Cincinnati would have been the number two seed and Buffalo would have been the three seed. So um, I think Cincinnati's got a chip on their shoulder. They're not afraid of this Ravens team at all, I don't think. And uh, I just I just don't see uh, the Ravens scoring enough points uh, to hang with Cincy here. Yeah, I uh, I would tend to uh, agree with you there. Uh, Chris, you are uh, painted up in orange and black stripes as we speak right now. You've been a big Bengals supporter, big Joe Burrow guy. I'm sure you think your Bengals, because you, you alluded earlier that you think they're the hottest team out there. Yeah, they are the hottest team in the AFC right now. They won eight in a row. I think they probably would have beat the Bills in that game. Uh, they are playing solid football, both sides of the ball. They, and listen, I'm going to eat some crow here because at the beginning of the year, I called them out because I thought the offensive line changes they made at the beginning of the season or in the off season were not working out. And all it did was take them a little bit more time and they gelled together. And it's one of the better offensive line groups in football right now. They're a solid team. And (laughs) Williams is right. They are not afraid of Anthony Brown and these Ravens. <laughs> and so I don't see any chance that really the Ravens can put up too much of a fight. I see the Bengals going on. And Williams is right. I think they got screwed a little bit. I think they got a chip on their shoulder. If the Bills end up playing the Bengals in that divisional round, that's going to be one hell of a game. All right, all right. You told Williams he was right like three times there. We get it. You're 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 with Williams. He's great. He's our football handicapper. We love him. Let's move on to the final game, the Monday night game involving Chris's Dallas Cowboys 
Joe Buck, Troy Aikman on the mic. For wait a minute, Jimmy, I didn't get your pick in that game, did I? I'm sorry. Who do you think is going to win the uh, the the big Ravens Bengals matchup? I just thought you wanted me to talk about both of them at the same time later. That's why you didn't go to me. That's fine. Uh, I think the Bengals are going to win this one uh, because Williams is right about everything. There we go. See, all right. That's I, I knew somehow, Jimmy. I knew intrinsically that that's all that you were going to say, and so I was I was buzzing by you. So let's move on to the Cowboys in the playoffs again. Chris, his dauber has been down about his Cowboys for quite a while. Williams, your dauber has been down about this Tampa Bay Buccaneers team for quite a while. I'm interested to hear what you think this game is going to look like. Yeah, Jimmy, don't jinx me before these wild card games here. Let's uh, let's take it easy on that. But uh, yeah, this is going to be an intriguing game. ESPN uh, forked over a ton of money to get it on Monday night. Uh, breaking it down here, the the Bucks play a ton of man, and Dak is substantially worse versus man. The Cowboys haven't played an above average healthy D in months. The Bucks are getting healthy, especially in the secondary. Third time since Week Five that all four defensive backs are healthy for Tampa. Dak was 33rd out of 33rd in the first meeting here in completion percentage over expectation. Uh, I know that was a long time ago, but that's when Tampa was healthy in week one uh, with that secondary. Uh, And Dallas has a big injury concern at center here with Tyler Batchick's out. It looked like Dak was a little uncomfortable with some of the protection last week. So that's another thing to look out for in this one. Uh, Tampa has 60% of the handle on them. That goes up to 71% of the cash that's backing them. Uh, and Tampa has a chance to make a run here. They have to, one, they have to run more up-tempo. They have to pass more on early downs, and they have to be less predictable. And all those fall on Leftwich, who has been absolutely terrible this year. He's been running it on first downs way too often. And uh, he doesn't think that he's doing anything wrong, and the media is like trying to tell him. Hey man, you got to pass more on first down. You're becoming way predictable, and Dallas can Dallas can win this game if Leftwich calls a terrible game. But I just have a feeling that uh, Brady is has got these guys healthy now. If Ryan Jansen comes back, that's huge for the Bucks O line. And check this out: Dallas has lost eight straight road playoff games. They haven't won a road playoff game since 1993, and they're only one in four outdoors on natural grass this year. I think that defense has a half a step, a little slow on the on the on the grass, and they're banged up. And Dallas is just coming in banged up. If you would have asked me about this game six weeks ago, I would have loved Dallas. But I just don't like I don't like the body language for them right now, and I don't like uh, them limping in uh, after after that pathetic loss against Washington last week. I, I don't know what McCarthy was doing either. Him and Staley for the Chargers, they were playing their starters, where really the game didn't really matter because uh, Philly was blowing out the Giants. So. Yeah, I don't know. Uh, I don't have faith in either of these coaches, but I do have faith in Tom Brady. I don't think he's ever been a home dog in a playoff game. So I'll take Tampa on the money line. I'm not even. I'm not even going to take the two and a half points. I'll take them on the on the money line here. I think they get the outright upset against Dallas. All right, Jimmy. I think we all know where Chris is going to go here. So we'll we'll go to him here in a second. What are your thoughts quickly on this game? Yeah, oh, Chris is gonna, definitely going to go with Tampa because he's a Cowboy fan. I this this game just. It tells me it's going to be like a 21-21 tie going to overtime, and then someone's going to hit a field goal with no time left on the clock because no team wants to win this. I am going to go Tampa Bay because I love to see uh, anarchy, and I think if Dallas loses, McCarthy's going to be – he might be out. 
I'm not so sure about that. The Clapper stayed around in Dallas for quite a long time. So, you know, McCarthy's put the Cowboys in the playoffs two years in a row. I think uh, he's probably going to have his job no matter what happens. Chris, the Morgan You Know universe eagerly awaits your thoughts on your Cowboys' first playoff game. I am so scared to death of this game. Has to be against Tom Brady, doesn't it? Man, I've seen beat my favorite quarterback over and over and over again. The greatest of all time. Somehow able to to make one drive in the fourth quarter that wins them games week after week when they should lose. And then Jerry Jones has to come out and say, doesn't matter what happens in the wild card game, McCarthy's our coach. Well, that makes me think McCarthy's not going to be our coach. Makes me think we're going to lose. But I'm a Cowboys fan, so go boys. Still picking you to win. Scared to death, though. You definitely should be scared to death. I mean, when you got a man with as many Super Bowl rings playing quarterback on the other side, you know, he might be an advanced in age, but Guile sometimes gets you through playoff games. Chris, you sort of talked about that. We we have the better team. We have the better talent, even if we are banged up. On paper, we're the better team, but we're the Cowboys, and we can lose even if we're the better team. Yeah, listen, I believe I saw a uh, meme floating around earlier today, right? The Scooby-Doo type idea, and it was the uh, TCU Horn Frog, and then they pulled the mask off the TCU Horn Frog, and it was the Cowboys, right? So, I mean, they definitely have a reputation for losing big games like this. Tom Brady has a reputation for winning big games like this. I'm going with the Cowboys here, though. I think this Tampa Bay team, everybody's just tried to talk themselves into the storybook type ending for Brady. Everybody just keeps continuing to talk themselves into this team. The NFC South was terrible, so they walked into the playoffs. I think we hear so much smoke about Brady playing one more year. I think them going out in a frustrating season, a frustrating loss, is all the fire he's going to need to come back for one more year. So give me the Cowboys here. If nothing else, I want to just antagonize Chris by picking the Cowboys if they actually win that game. He's not going to hear the end of it from me if I pick the Cowboys to win this game and he was sitting here all doom and gloom talking that the Cowboys are probably going to lose. Even though you technically said you picked the Cowboys, Chris, we all know where your heart's really at. Well, listen, I will be rooting for the Cowboys and I want them to win, but I am a realistic Cowboys fan and I know what happens in the playoffs. We lose. See, I would contend to you that I'm a realistic Colts fan, and that's why I was excited to see them get the fourth pick. But we don't want to bring up an old argument. for them to tank. That's different. We don't want to bring up an old argument. We did that at the beginning of the podcast. There is one thing I want to mention. The number one seed, Philadelphia Eagles, got a quick shout-out from Mr. Williams there when he was breaking the game down. In the AFC, it is the Kansas City Chiefs. And, Chris, you want to heap a little bit of praise to the Kansas City Chiefs, even though they're off this week about something that happened last week. That's your final thing you know. Yeah, it, it was one of the coolest things I've seen in the NFL in a long, long time. If you listeners out there, if you haven't watched, go to YouTube, type in Chiefs trick play. It'll be the first thing that pops up. It's the trick play they ran last week. It is the silliest, glorious, most awesome thing you could see. And it should have been a touchdown. They called it back for a phantom holding call that was not a holding. And it was a fantastic thing. It was a uh, Great, perfect example why the NFL is great. The one of the best offenses in the league, doing one of the greatest offensive plays you've ever seen. I believe they called that the snow globe play, and they were just kind of messing around <laughs> to practice. And Andy Reid was like, "Hey, I love that. Let's run it." So yeah, no, that was yeah, a lot of fun seeing the old snow globe play. 
Jimmy, did you know guys could move around that much before the snap? Like, I thought that was the only thing they could do in the CFL. I kind of wondered if maybe there was some sort of emotion uh, mess up there with all that, though. I did think that. Uh, well, it's before the huddle, uh, or I mean, it's in the huddle, so you can kind of do whatever you want, and then you break and you have to go to your position. So, sure, that worked. I'm surprised they didn't get flagged for unsportsmanlike conduct because, of course, the NFL would do that. That's good. That's a good line out of you. Mr. Williams, what did you think of the old uh, snow globe play? Just a whole lot of fuss about nothing, or did you find some sort of interesting uh, angle in it? And now the ring around the rosy that that was pretty cool. That uh, they they got called for a penalty holding, and then they basically ran the same play, just less less uh, dramatics involved on the very next play, and the Raiders still couldn't stop it. Uh, Kadarius Tony's like Gumby out there, evidently. But uh, I know one guy who did not like it was uh, offensive lineman Quinn Manners from uh, Denver. He was not pleased at all about that play. So. Uh, something to look out for next year when the Chiefs take on the Broncos. Uh, that was kind of—I thought that was kind of an old man take there, but uh, maybe he just thought that it was disrespectful. So we'll see. That was uh, that was some cool stuff. It's always fun to see little things like that. I don't necessarily know that we'll see the Chiefs pull that one out in their uh, playoff matchup. Whoever they get coming up in uh, the second round of NFL playoff games, divisional playoff games, we will be back on the Balls and Brew podcast next week to chop all of those up for you. We've already been chatting at you for about 55 minutes here. Jimmy has had to go through the ringer with a bunch of different things. So we are going to forego the fast break for this week. We'll get back on the fast break train next week. And then we'll, of course, have plenty of NBA content for you here in a couple of weeks when the NFL wraps up. So with that being said, if you're a big wrestling fan, make sure you're checking in on uh, Jimmy and I updating the uh, current saga that is the WWE. At any moment, Jimmy, we could see the WWE sold. So you and I are going to do our best to try to stay on top of that, right? Yeah, they were sold a couple days ago, then they weren't sold, and now they are probably going to get sold again. So who knows? It's uh, an interesting time to be a WWE and maybe AEW fan as well. AEW, stop it. You know I don't want to talk anything about <laughs> AEW. But you do. You you always give me a little bit of a ribbing on the Yeah We Know podcast about we have a pop culture podcast that does exist here on the network, the Morgan You Know podcast, the original, the OG. And I just decided, Jimmy that we have a special Valentine's Day episode that will be coming up early in February for the people. So that's just around the corner as well, pop culture-wise. That's what I love to hear, bud. Awesome. All right, Chris, thank you so much. Uh, I'm not entirely sure about a few of your takes, but darn it, they were entertaining, and that's what we love having you on here for. Chris, thank you very much. Love you guys. Mr. Williams. Phenomenal regular season record at 31, 21, and 2. All the knowledge we needed for the wild card round. And I know you are excited to sit back at Williams HQ and just enjoy plenty of football. I appreciate that. Uh, I will give one bold prediction about a game that hasn't even officially taken place yet because I'm going to take the Cincinnati Bengals over the Buffalo Bills next week already. That's my bold prediction. Wow, look at that. This playoffs come around and Williams gets bold on us. I love to hear that. Jimmy, I'm going to come to you one last time. Are you a little bummed out that you don't get to drive the fast break? Are you, are you sad that you don't get to do the fast break for the people here at the end? I am, but just because we don't get to do it this week doesn't mean next week doesn't happen. And next week, I promise you, the MVP table returns. We will be talking some MVP candidates next week on the fast break.
Excellent. There we go. That's a little tease for the fast break next week. Appreciate you for sticking around with us, listening. Make sure that you subscribe in whatever podcast platform you're listening to this show. Maybe throw a comment up for us, a like. Any of those things help us out. We do appreciate it. And as always, the final word goes to our old man in the mountains in North Carolina. Goodbye, Internet. <laughs>